Live, we are live. John Reed with another evening recording. Uh, man, you're not going to believe who I got this time. <laughs> First in his world-class hotel room, we've got HCM troublemaker Jarrett Pazahonic. What's going on, man? Hey, everyone, John. Thanks for having me. SAP Jarrett. And then all the way from, I'm not even sure where the heck Luke is right now, we got Luke <laughs> Marson, HCM, and Cloud uh, Prognosticator. What's going on? <laughs> I'm good, man. I'm uh, coming from the nation's capital, Washington, D.C. Excellent. I never would have guessed from your photo there. <laughs> no. Yeah, and my own art is looks like it's crooked, but it's not. This is just the illusion of the webcam. This is high-quality stuff. So listen, today uh, I got these guys gathered this evening to talk about some important issues. Uh, we've been hearing a lot from uh, LinkedIn folks on these topics, and it's basically about becoming a SaaS consultant. Um, both of these guys have made the transition from, uh, you know, old-fashioned legacy consultants <laughs> from the old days to like uh, SaaS consultants in the SAP HCM space, uh, Success Factors consultants. So we're going to find out a little bit about how they did that. Uh, we're going to do a, a shorter video that kind of does an overview of SaaS consulting skills and trends, and then we're going to dig into a deeper dive. Uh, in a second video that I promise you should get interesting because we're going to hit on some uh, some hot button topics, shall we say, around uh, training and certification, and then see uh, see where we land. So, uh, but I think a good place to start is with a, a recent blog that Luke did. Luke, you were looking in a blog post at the different roles on um, on SaaS projects. You want to say a little more about that? Yeah, sure. So. Um you know, it was just a few thoughts that I'd had. Um, I published on LinkedIn uh, a blog that was just covering, you know, some of the uh, some of the skill set that that I that I've seen that, and that I think that you know uh, a SaaS consultant should have. So, you know, if, if you look kind of at some of the on-premise on projects, particularly large ones where you have, you know, what what people call the armies of consultants. You know, you you have a, a maybe a program manager and or project manager. There's going to be a, a solution architect, a lead consultant, some technical consultants, maybe some programmers, maybe a, a system admin or two, um, some hardware folks. And you know, you're looking at maybe um, maybe uh, five to ten different types of profiles. Um, now, when you when you look at uh, some of these SaaS implementations, what we're tending what we're tending to see is is maybe one person that has all these skills, someone that understands a uh, business process, that understands a technology, how to configure that technology, you know, how to pro problem solve, um, how how uh, how security works, and how to how to secure data. And on top of that, they might be uh, managing the whole project themselves as well. So. Those sort of consultants have got to have maybe a, a really wide breadth of skills at a, at a quite reasonable level of quality, which we we haven't traditionally seen within the kind of on-premise world, you know, except for the kind of super consultants. Um, but now we're kind of seeing that those kind of you know super consultant profiles are, are the norm really with um with uh, SaaS implementations. Yeah, I know. I mean, one of the things that I see out there is I sort of see three different camps of people. I see the camps of people that think the cloud is a fad. They think on-premise is going to be there forever, and you know, they they they're they're not willing to make any change, and they're actually spread a lot of fear about the cloud. Um, you see the people that sort of see what's coming and want to know. 
um, how to get there. And I think that a lot of things we're going to talk about today is going to be sort of that group of people is uh, probably probably enjoy it more than the others. And, and that group is growing, especially in areas like HCM, uh, CRM, analytics. There's a real, and I guess finance as well is starting to move in that direction. So these are these are areas where there's there's a definite trend. We're in the early innings moving to the cloud. And then you have the people that have made the transition as well. Um, you know, I, one of the things I see is, is I see a lot of challenges. I see a lot of misconceptions out there. You know, speaking in the SAP world, I think there's a lot of people that think, oh, I know SAP, so moving to the cloud is going to be easy. And, you know, one thing that I experienced this myself is that, you know, you accumulate knowledge over many, many years. So I got thrown into the fire 17 years ago, and um, I learned a lot my first few years, but you forget how much you learn just day in and day out. And learning to be a consultant uh, or learning anything uh, brand new, especially a new technology, is is pretty complex. So that's one of the biggest things I see out there is people underestimate what it will take to become a cloud consultant. And, uh, you know, a few of the things that are just totally, totally different, you know, working multiple projects. Uh, a lot of SaaS-based consultants have to work two, three, four projects to, to have 40 billable hours. Uh, that's definitely not the norm in the on-premise world. Uh, remote versus on-site is another huge one. Uh, a lot of the cloud-based consulting firms are pushing more of a, a remote-based model, and that's, that's really different than most on-premise consultants are used to. It's actually a great thing for those of us who really uh, value work-life balance because, you know, living in, out of a suitcase is nothing that uh, anyone really enjoys once you become a certain age. And, you know, the, uh, the other big thing is the different methodology, you know, going from, a, from, a, from an agile methodology to an agile methodology from a waterfall methodology. It's just a totally different way that projects are delivered. So just a lot of changes, a lot of new things. And I think anyone that's looking to make the transition, they better realize that they're going to have to work very, very hard to have the same level of consulting expertise that they had in, their, in the on-premise world. Yeah, I think a lot of the skills are transferable, so skills aren't wasted, but certainly a lot of hard work is required in order to build on those skills, take the skills that are transferable, but then, you know, kind of learn the new skills, you know, some of those things that Jarrett's uh, quite rightly pointed out, um, and then expand uh, and start learning those other areas that may not have been something that you typically have touched on uh, in the past, but are going to be critical to being able to deliver SaaS projects going forward. Now, Luke, you talked about several different components around process and technology and management. Is there an area where you felt you needed to push pretty hard to uh, to kind of you know round it out quickly so you would be a full-fledged SaaS dude? Well, um, I'm 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 lucky from uh, coming from a background where as a teenager. I was a bit geeky, you know, I, I was one of the first people there that had a computer and had the internet, so I uh, spent a lot of time uh, honing my technical skills. And then, uh, you know, I, I was pretty good when it came to the business side of things, uh, you know, at school and, and going to university. So I kind of had both of those aspects. Um, and I think, you know, if you've got both of those, it does serve a good purpose. And I kind of think um, it's much easier... No, no, this is maybe a bit controversial, but I think it can be easier for the technical folks to come across to the business side because I think, you know, 
a lot of people just I think struggle very very much with the technical side of things. But I think someone who who's who's technical can can still p learn business process over time and pick it up. Um, I just think because it's 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 not so technical. It's challenging, you know that that that's something I, I've definitely learned in my time. Um, but I think you know those that come from a techno functional background certainly have certainly have the edge. Um, you know, balance multiple projects. Um, I was lucky. You know, again, um, earlier in my career, I worked a lot with a with a with a small niche HCM solution by a vendor called Nikisa, and they were kind of small projects, and I had to manage four or five of those at a time, and that put me in good stead when the when the cloud came along. But I certainly think that 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 you know, it's not so easy to just learn to balance three, four different things and fill up your day and learn to organize yourself so that you can get all those different things done and meet all those different deadlines. Because quite often on a big project, you're mainly all working towards one common deliverable um, for that stage of the project. And you, then all of a sudden you find yourself working in different stages of projects with different deliverables on different days or even different times of the day depending on the workload that you have. So, um, you know, those kind of, you know, discipline and project management skills uh, can be quite important. And, and that's something, you know, I had to kind of hone a little bit more um, over, over time from, from when I first came into the consulting uh, industry. Jared, let me ask you real quick what, you know, I, I tend to think of you as kind of a kind of a pro HCM guy. What, what was like the hardest thing for you? Was there something in particular that was challenging about this transition or? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing was going to, from a, being a, a senior expert consultant to being a junior consultant. I mean, there really is no other way around it. I mean, I, you take three weeks of training. Uh, I don't care how much business process knowledge you had. Customers aren't hiring people for business process knowledge. Now, obviously, if you have that, you can be a lot better consultant, but most companies feel like they have that business process expertise. So if I go in to do a payroll implementation, they have a payroll manager. Now, obviously, the fact that I know it is great, but when I went to start, you know, I learned success factors, and in the first week, I thought, holy smoke, like, this is, this is hard, this is really tricky, until I started to get the, the sense of how the training went, and it, it got more and more comfortable, and, uh, you know, there's just so much stuff to learn. For me, the easiest things to learn were the things that I could equate to something I knew in my past life as an on-premise consultant. That was easy for me to learn, but... I think the biggest thing is you have to come up with a plan. And and the one thing you don't want to do is you don't want to be thrown to the fire. No one can lead a project after they've done a three-week training course. I don't care how smart you are. I don't care how much knowledge you had. You need to go about it where you're a team member. You're learning from someone that has more experience because the models are different. So you don't have the ability. And I hope we get a chance to talk about this later because these aren't big teams of consultants that are coming in. So you're not just one of six people who can sort of hide in the corner, you're one of a team of one person or maybe two people max doing a lot a lot of different things. And so if if you think that you can automatically come and lead, lead a workshop in a product that you have just had three weeks of training on, I mean, that's just that just doesn't happen. And customers, when you have these workshops, they're intense five, seven-day workshops where they're asking you questions like, can the system do this? Can it do that? How would you recommend we set up this and that? And in reality, you're just sort of, you're still at the learning point of what everything can do. And you can't go back, if you're, you can't go back 50 times and say, like, I need to research that, I need to research that. So, so my recommendation is 
to learn it the right way, but it's very humbling. It's very, very humbling, and I would still, even you know, a year and a half into this, consider myself a mid-level consultant at best. I mean, I still have so much to learn. Right. Jared, to you, you um, you had a few uh, tweets in the week which I thought were quite interesting, where you were talking about some of your pet peeves about consulting, and I think <laughs> one of the things you you mentioned was um, uh, consultants who claim uh, you know X is the best practice or Y is the best practice based on their one or two implementations. And so, you know, it's a, it's a valid point. How how can uh, a consultant go in and, and advise a customer on the, on the best ways of doing something or different ways of doing something when they've done it once? Now, I've gone into customers where they've had a consultant who had only done one implementation. They hadn't hidden it. They were very open about it. But some of the recommendations they made were far from best practice, and the customer wasn't getting the full value that they should have done because the consultant hadn't seen that in their one project. So, um, Jarrett hits on really good points there. I think it's important, you know, um, you know, consultants, you're going to make mistakes. And that's why it's important, as Jarrett says, not to just jump into being the lead consultant on your first project or your second project because you, you will never make mistakes. We're human and we're learning. So, um, you know, it's good to be working with someone that's experienced so that they can help guide you when you get into those areas where you're maybe not so sure or you need to um, try and understand how something's done so that you don't get too far down the road and realize that, you know, you've made a few critical errors and it's going to put the project back or you're going to have to go in and explain something's happened because of this and then it all has to be undone. Um, it, you know, and, and I think, you know, it, it comes down to maybe something that Jarrett's done extremely well is is reset your own level, your own expectations and say, yeah, I'm now I'm a junior, you know, uh, or now I'm a mid-level consultant because, you know, you haven't got the the experience behind you anymore. Yes, you've got, you might have great functional knowledge, you might be a great uh, 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 program manager or project manager, but, you know, actually having the the knowledge and the uh, ability to be able to to deal with customers day in day out, those different types of questions, give that sort of advice. You know, you have to you have to learn that, and you need to you know, in order to do that, you have to realize where your place is in the consulting chain, um, so that you can better evaluate what 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 your strengths are, and more importantly, what your weaknesses are, and where you've got to spend your time uh, honing your skills. Right. I mean, in my case, I went from a platinum consultant type rate in the SAP world to taking a non-billable role on a global Fortune 500 implementation. So, I mean, I, the, you know, the project wasn't full time, but I, I mean, when you go from making no money on a project, you know, that's not something that's, uh, right. that, that's not something that's the norm, but I wanted to learn it the right way. I mean, could I have been thrown into the fire and learned on the fly? Sure, I could have, but I just didn't want to do that. I really wanted to take my time with it, and, and not everyone's going to have that that opportunity, but I just really encourage people to, when you're looking at your strategy, and this is to break into HR, to CRM, to finance, look at look at not just getting the certification and having a piece of paper. Look at, try to understand what partner, if you're going to join a partner, what partner has work. Um, just getting it and then trying to go out and find work and, and being left on your own, it, it's just... It's not a good situation. Some people will be able to make it work, but customers are a lot more savvy than they were when I started 17 years ago in SAP. You know, and 
and they expect a lot more. And I think that you know we we all in this uh, you know this uh, video cast today have done a lot of stuff to educate customers. Uh, but in the in the same regard, you know, you just you want to put yourself in a situation to succeed, and just don't think that you're gonna uh, do three weeks of training or a month of training, and and all of a sudden be coming in and uh, being a senior consultant because it's just not reality. And actually, there's something that that, that we're hearing a lot a lot of, um, and this is something that's probably a bit more specific to the success factors world. Just to digress slightly, is a lot of the independents um, at the, at the moment they they aren't able to get the opportunities to to get trained and go out there and work. Um, and, you know, I'm I'm sitting there and thinking, well, I I don't really think that you can enjoy that privilege any longer. Um, I know you want to be independent and the money's good and the freedom's good, but at the end of the day, you are learning something new. And, you know, you can't just jump into the fire, as Jarrett says, uh, and just learn it and just be able to go out because you've been doing SAP on premise for three years, five years, seven years, whatever. Um, and, you know, I think I think there has to be expectation setting, and people maybe have to take a step back and 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 take a bit of a step down to a more appropriate level, whether they can pick up the skills uh, in order to progress up to the level that they want to be at. Right, mm. and and one thing I throw in is I don't think SaaS consulting is for everyone. People, a lot of people aren't wired. People are wired potentially to be a good on-premise consultant, but I don't think as many are wired to be a good. SaaS consultant, and this is across all the modules. And the real couple reasons why is the fact of things are changing so much faster than people are are used to in in the on-premise world. So in the on-premise world, I would consistently see people that weren't keeping up to date with enhancement packages, and these were coming out every 18 months, or a new upgrade was coming out every three years. And now, you know, with Workday, you have two releases a year with success factors. You have four releases a year. I mean, and these aren't just little releases. These are releases that in each module have two to three hundred pages of a PowerPoint presentation to show you those changes. And so if you're not staying current and you don't have that aptitude to be a learner, a lifelong learner, you are not going to be successful because under this, even in your consultant across is I'll be sitting in a meeting and they'll say, client will ask them something and they'll say, oh, no, the system can't do that. And the, and the system couldn't do that a, six months ago, but it can do that now. And, and that's just something that's uh, not, not everyone has the ability. A lot of people say, I'm too busy to learn. Uh, if you're too busy to learn, then you are, too, you are not going to be a good SaaS consultant because one of the benefits it's bringing customers is rapid innovation. And rapid innovation means consultants that are rapidly learning. Excellent, guys. Well, I think you nailed that real good. Uh, let's put a wrap on this shoot. Uh, thanks for joining us for this overview of uh, becoming a SaaS consultant. Hope you derived a few good field lessons from those hard truths those guys were dishing out. So let's stop it here.